Hello, and welcome to the Tao of Our Understanding Recovery Podcast. In this podcast, we discuss mystical works of literature and how they relate to recovery. We hope you enjoy today's podcast episode. Good morning, everyone, buddy C. Welcome, everyone. We got Kate and Craig and Marla and Kurt and Carrie. How's everyone today? Great. Great. Good. Good. Well, we got a good verse of the Tao today. This is the 22nd verse chapter. There's a lot of good stuff here about flexibility, about um, um, when when we learn to be flexible and let go the things that we need come to us instead of us having to fight for those things, you know. So it's really good. So let's just start with, uh, uh, Kate, you're going to read through the, the translations for us? Yeah. Okay. All Have right. That. Let's start with the first translation. Yield and overcome. Bend and be straight. Empty and be full. Wear out and be new. Have little and gain. Have much and be confused. Therefore, the wise embrace the one and set an example to all. Not putting on a display, they shine forth. Not justifying themselves, they are distinguished. Not boasting, they receive recognition. Not bragging, they never falter. They do not quarrel, so no one quarrels with them. Therefore, the ancients say, yield and overcome. Is that an empty saying? Be really whole, and all things will come to you. Hmm. Now the Stephen Mitchell translation. If you want to become whole, let yourself be partial. If you want to become straight, let yourself be crooked. If you want to become full, let yourself be empty. If you want to be reborn, let yourself die. If you want to be given everything, give everything up. The master, by residing in the Tao, sets an example for all beings. Because he doesn't display himself, people can see his light. Because he has nothing to prove, people can trust his words. Because he doesn't know who he is, people recognize themselves in him. Because he has no goal in mind... Everything he does succeeds. When the ancient masters said, if you want to be given everything, give everything up, they weren't using empty phrases. Only in being lived by the Tao can you be truly yourself. The third translation, if you want to become whole, first let yourself become broken. If you want to become straight, First, let yourself become twisted. If you want to become full, first let yourself become empty. If you want to become new, first let yourself become old. For those whose desires are few, get them. For those whose desires are great, go astray. For this reason, the master embraces the Tao as an example for the world to follow. Because she isn't self-centered, people can see the light in her. Because she does not boast of herself, she becomes a shining example. Because she does not glorify herself, she becomes a person of merit. 
Because she wants nothing from the world, the world cannot overcome her. When the ancient masters said, if you want to become whole, then first let yourself be broken, they weren't using empty words. All who do this will be made complete. And the final translation. Learn how to stand still if you want to go places. Get on your knees if you want to stand tall. If you want wisdom, empty your mind. If you want the world, renounce your riches. Push yourself until you're exhausted, and then you'll find strength. You can go far if you don't have anything to carry. The more you acquire, the less you can really see. A master takes this to heart and sets an example for everyone else. She doesn't show off so people take notice. She's not out to prove anything, so people take her at her word. She doesn't brag about herself, but people know what she's done. She hasn't got an agenda, but people know what she can do. She's not out to get anybody, so no one can get in her way. Learn how to stand still if you want to go places. That's not as crazy as it sounds. Get in touch with Dow, and you'll see what I mean. Thanks, Kate. That's a long one. Um, I still think it's important we read all four of those translations because each say things a little different, you know. You you have anything on that, Kate, that you want to add or any in the discussion on these? Anything speak to you in there? Um, I don't know right now. Okay. Anyone else? Humility. Yes. Yeah. Start with humility. That's one basic thing. When you don't, um, and, and when you don't strive for things, you end up getting more things. Um, not this is speaking about non-attachment. Um, needs and desires, not having any. Also, you know, take yourself down. It's like we how we in recovery start, we're, we're almost, we're broken when we come in, basically. So if we, we need to become straight. Yield and overcome. Is that an empty saying? An empty saying? On the first one. Yield, yield and overcome. That seems the opposite of what uh, we're taught, isn't it? Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> Overcome. No, I never hear. I've never heard that. <laughs> Any of my business you. help and self help books never tell me to yield and overcome. No. <laughs> How many of us had to yield over our addictions, though? Yeah. And and that's 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 given us the power to overcome to an extent. That's the weaker we get, the stronger we become, Craig. The first step. Definitely, yeah. There's this yeah. paradox in that as well. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You mean by surrendering, it makes us stronger. Yeah, yeah, but and so, so the, the, the other term for yielding is to surrender. Um, letting it go. Just let it go. Letting it go. Uh, I've got quite a bit of humility out of the, the fourth translation. Um, I think it's getting recognition by just doing the right thing. Not, mm-hmm. not pushing yourself, not saying, look at me, look at me, I can do this. You know, just, I, th- I think you tend to get more recognition by just doing the right thing. Um, more particularly with the part where it says, um, 
where she, she hasn't got an agenda, but people know what she can do. Um, I think that's I think that's quite humbling to to be able to be in that position. There's a lot in here too, in the other translations, especially about not taking credit, letting go of outcomes. Yeah. And there seems to be a strength in staying in the moment because if we're so caught up in taking credit that we get out of the moment, because how can I be in the moment if I'm, uh, if I'm out thinking about the results of what I'm doing? Yeah. So, so I think, I think that's part of it too, is learning to live in the moment so we can be useful in the moment because if I'm out there, I can't be useful now. I remember one wise, yeah. I remember a wise man once says to me, "I never take credit for a gift." Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that speaks to me right now because I just had a sponsee that switched sponsors on me, and she just and so my pride is like, "Oh, I was such a great sponsor," and she wants a different sponsor, and I'm like, "But I was such a great sponsor," <laughs> like, you know. I'm trying to be like, you know, it was good. You know, it's good for her to switch sponsors. She wants a different sponsor. She's working with somebody new. That's good. You know, I have no problem with that. I'm, But, you know, part of my pride is like, oh, but I was a great sponsor. <laughs> you know, and it's like this verse speaks to me on that because part of me is like, oh, you know, part of me is like a little bit insulted and it's like, that's not how I should be feeling because I was doing that to help her. I wasn't doing that to make myself feel good, but obviously that wasn't entirely true. Cause obviously part of me was like, uh, doing that to make myself feel good since I'm feeling this way a little bit. So you sure you don't have a problem with it? I apparently have a little problem with it. Yeah. Yeah. That seems normal, Kate. I would have a problem, too. It would hurt my pride, you know? Right. I would feel a little rejected in a way. Yeah. Yeah. That's that's part of sponsorship, though, you know, is learning that these people are going to come and go, you know? People are going to – but you're right, Kate. You know, I want to think that all my – Intentions are noble, but they're not. Right. You know, not entirely noble, they're a mix. You know, they're a mix. I can look at this verse and think that my intentions should be noble. That should be my goal. Yeah, yeah. And, and, And it's interesting how when we give up in this, we give up the way that the world says, the way our ego wants us to respond then we get what we need out of the situation, right? Because mm-hmm. yeah. each of these are, are a way that the ego responds, you know? And if I don't respond in that way, and I'll respond in a, in a, in a, in a Tao way, in a way of love, and, you know, all those words we want to put on our higher power, or, then it looks like we get what we need. Yeah. You're talking about the sage you know, doing the opposite of what we think we should do, you know, um, every time, every time gives us what we need. Um, if you want to become full, let yourself be empty. All these, you know, are so paradoxical, 
you know, and they're, you know, and I think all this truth is paradoxical, you know, uh, the goal is to be empty, not full. And we see that over and over again in these. And it just keeps saying the same thing a different way. Mm-hmm. Letting go. Yeah. It's all letting go, Marla. Every bit of it is about surrendering. It's all surrender. Just said differently. You know, the thing about, I'm still stuck. There's a couple things I see, but where you mentioned what yield and overcome, man, that is exact, the exact opposite of what I was taught. Um, and, and the exact opposite of what I did most of my life. It was, you take action, you get it, you, you, you take over, you control, you, you do all these things and then you overcome. And it's, it kind of blow every, it's just sinking in how, how opposite that is of the way I live my life. Well, how did that work for you? <laughs> well, I'm here with you fine people today. But <laughs> it, was a, it was a bumpy road. <laughs> yeah. um, but one thing I wanted to say about right under where you just read, we want to become full, let yourself be empty. You want to be reborn, let yourself die. It, I immediately thought of going back. I missed that guy. I should have not stopped going. but um. We would actually do Zoom calls like like this, and he's a meditation meditation teacher, and he's about sixty miles away from me. Wow. And a lot of times I'll go up and see him. He lives in Santa Fe, New Mexico. Um, but he, we would do Zoom calls also. And anyway, I I had mentioned one day or asked him that you know, I what's this what's this thing about a, a, a dying or some kind of dying meditation. And he was planning on doing something else, but he said, well, since this is what we're doing today, since you asked and we stopped everything and he took me through this process of me, of me dying and, um, where you are just, he strips the skin off you, um, and, and removes your organs and were you actually doing it yourself? And, and it's like a mirror image of yourself where you see you just disintegrating and, and you won't, you will never speak to another soul. You'll never speak to anybody you care about. It's just, you are dying in this process right now. And man, is that, it left me in tears. And then, and then he, he takes, he brings you back into building your, you know, your organs back in, your skin comes back on, your clothes come back on. It's a whole process, but a, a dying meditation is, 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 you know, I can see how if you let yourself die, you, you'll be reborn in a way. And, and that's, that's what I got from that where it was, it was really, I looked at the world with, with fresh eyes, you know, um, more appreciation for, for, for everybody in it, but especially for the, for my kids and people I care about and that sort of thing. So, I, it really that that part re- really resonates with me because of that experience. Mm. Now I'm going to have to Google that, Kurt, and look at that. I've never heard of that. Do you know anything about that, Marla? No. What what I saw in the dying, I thought about all of the you know like that's one of the the AA paradoxes is is uh, we have to what die to live. Mm-hmm. You know, it's part of one of those paradoxes and. I thought about in, from Christianity about that we have to die to self 
which is part of their teaching with that, with this, you know, um, I think, I think it's really about, for me, um, all, all those are analogies of how, how to let go of self, you know, how to, how to quit pursuing what, what I want, you know, um, and I, uh, I was reminded of a, um, uh, it's a New Testament, uh, it's Galatians. It talks about that uh, we're called to live a free life and don't allow, don't use your freedom as a way to do what you want to do, but allow your freedom to grow by serving others in love. So what I thought was, I said, you know, it's not a freedom to do what I want to do. It's a freedom from having to do what I want to do. And that grows by serving one another in love is what it says. It's, I think it's Galatians, uh, I got it wrote down, Galatians 3, uh, Galatians 5, 13 to 15 in the message version. So if anybody ever wants to reference that, but um, it says that our freedom grows by serving one another in love. So I'm looking at this, and it says that if I want to be full, I got to be empty. If I want to, I got to let myself die. Um, If I want to live, I got to let myself die. If I want to be given everything, I have to give everything up. We really have to, it's a surrender, really, is all it is, in a different way, mm-hmm. you know. Um, and because the sage does this, they're able to not display themselves. They're able not to have to prove anything to anyone. You know, they're able, you know, not to have a, a dog in the fight, so to speak. You know, they're able to have all those things. Uh, and then ultimately they say that if you if you want to be given everything, you've just got to give everything up. Just uh, just look up if you when you go look at that, look up death meditation. There's all kinds of stuff on it. OK, thank you. Thank yep. you. Anyone else got anything at the moment on this before we, uh, I mean, this is a lot, there's so much here, you know, it's like looking at the whole thing, where do I begin kind of thing, you know, mm-hmm. um, I, I think it's about learning for me, how do I do those things in, um, let's say I have a situation, a relationship, a circumstance that, that I'm fighting in, that I'm not being flexible that I may be quarreling in or that I may have a problem with pride or ego in. I think the question for me is how do I be empty in that relationship? How do I be empty in that situation? You know, how do I die to that situation? How do I inject love in that situation? So my freedom can grow in that situation or in that relationship. Um, for me, that seems to be part of what this is saying. If I break it down to to how it can apply, you know, mm-hmm. um, and that's that's like we're talking. Uh, I was talking in another group with some folks about working the steps on a situation. Same thing, or like if um, when I remember when um, uh, I was not, I didn't have peace and join my business. And so I took the steps and took alcohol out and put uh, my business in place of alcohol. And I went through the steps with my business. And I said, okay, I am powerless over 
X business. Uh, it is unmanageable by me. I have insanity in this business. Um, then I went to three and I said, how I turned my will and my life over to the care of God in regards to this business. Then I went on and said, okay, what character defects are popping out in this? Do I have fear of financial insecurity in this business? That's a character defect. You know, I'm doing four and five and then, then I have to write out some things I didn't see before, you know? And then after I got past that, then I said, okay, who have I harmed in this business? Have I cheated anyone? Have I, you know, is there anyone I need to make amends with? Are there any employees that I need to go back and, and, you know, have an amend with that I didn't see when I initially went through the steps for me now that I'm looking at this a little closer. Then, you know, go on through and, and see how I can, you know, inject love and do 10, 11, 12 and do a continual inventory on this on a daily basis. And I got some real freedom from that. Um, and then in 12, I started praying for other people who had competing businesses that God had blessed their business. So in doing that, um, I started getting some freedom that I didn't have. And I, I think this is a lot the same kind of thinking here. You know, if we can take it and apply it to an, in, you know, if, if we've got angst in a in an area of life, we've got an area of fight, in other words, in some way. I think we could take and apply this to that area and see if it didn't give us some relief in the same way. Um that's my take on it. Mm-hmm. Sounds good. A lot of good stuff here. Anything before we go into the commentaries? Mm-mm. Okay. I'll begin. I've got the Stephen Mitchell. He's got a couple of little things on this that are pretty good. Um, if you want to become whole, where he's where he talks about that the very first of the uh, of his translation unless you accept yourself you can't let go of yourself so he's saying it starts with acceptance okay so that's his take uh that would make sense because if we're busy changing ourselves, uh we can't um we can't accept things as they are how can we let go because we're busy trying to change and control and all those things because he doesn't know who he is from the standpoint of personality. He knows very well who he is. That is what allows him to use his personality for people's benefit rather than be used by it. But from the standpoint of his true self, there is nowhere to stand and no self to know. He doesn't know. He just is on being lived by the Tao, which was the very last of his translation, that second translation, he says, only in being lived by the Tao can you truly be yourself. Mm-hmm. I picked on that, picked up on that beginning. So I wonder what that means because it's kind of an odd phrase. Um, uh, this is what Paul Tarsus meant by not I, but Christ in me. Or in a more lighthearted vein, the little boy who, when his mother got annoyed and said, stop sneezing, he answered, I'm not sneezing, it's sneezing me. <laughs> <laughs> That's like something Craig would say. <laughs> but, uh, you know, it's about 
becoming, living the Tao, about dying to self, about learning to, what, what, what's the phrase, uh, uh, open yourself up to the Tao, do what's natural, and everything falls into place. Mm-hmm. It's learning to, that intuitive thought, what we see in the ninth step promises, you know, we intuitively know how to handle situations that used to baffle us, same thing. Yeah. Yeah. You know, that goes along with um, when you're meditating. If you, it, I like the sneeze analogy because it's the same way with breathing. You know, it's, you're really allowing yourself to be breathed. Mm-hmm. Like it's, try, try to not breathe. You know, it's only going to last for so long before you, <laughs> you, you have to take a breath. So if it's, I don't know, it's just a different way to look at it. You know, how are you just allowing yourself to be, as they say, breathed? And, and it's, I don't know, you just made me think of that. So thanks. Mm. It's, it's, it's not, we are not in con, as in control of breathing as we think we are. You know, we're not in control at all. Right. At all at, like, yeah, at all. Zero. Yeah. <laughs> For only a, maybe a short, very 30 second to one minute span and that's about it mm-hmm. <laughs> how much for y'all you know we we say the serenity prayer a lot in recovery uh-huh. when i first came in i had all these things i thought i controlled if you asked me what i controlled versus what i didn't control i had this real high percentage of things i controlled and very little that i did not control Totally. But the, the longer I'm in, you know what I'm going to fix to say, the longer I'm in recovery, the more that shift, that seesaw has gone the other direction. Mm-hmm. I'm sure that, has that been the same for y'all too? Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Definitely. And, and, is, and, and yeah, and that's when, that's when I become uh, just a kind of a, like I've said before, like a low grade and miserable is when I start contr- trying to, trying uh, to adapt or adopt the illusion of control once again, once again, I'm always getting in the mix, you know, and start, well, yeah, that's fine to just let, let life be and let God do and thy will be done. But except for on this situation, <laughs> you know, I, got, I got this one, I got, you know, and that it just, it causes a lot of, not like just, it's not horrible anymore because I'm more aware of it, but it does. It's just, I'm not as happy. I'm not as happy. Well, you know, and that limits us to our knowledge too, Kurt. When we do that, we're limited to us. Right. Yeah. You know, and maybe we do a good job, an okay job with things, and and we might survive. But we have the option to let go and have this untapped resource that can do can put us at ease, that an ease that we can't find in our own strength. Yeah. And I, that's what this is talking about for me is is being able to tap that unlimited resource in everything, not just for my alcohol. You know, because once I tapped it with my alcohol, I said, wow, you know, I've got relief I've never gotten before. How did that happen? Because I've lo- that's what I've looked for all of my life. So once I got it, I said, okay, how do I get this in everything? And it goes back to being empty and letting go and surrendering and serving and doing for others instead of myself and letting, you know, myself die. 
you know, and, you know, and it's just, uh, it's a, it can be a struggle. It can really be a struggle to do that. Yeah. That, that's what that third step's about. You know, we, we make a decision. Then the, then it's kind of like, it's more of a threat than a promise. You know, <laughs> you know it get it's more of a curse than a blessing sometimes because, because then I said, okay, you decided to turn your will and life over. <laughs> now let's do the work that helps you to do that. And that work can be very, very difficult, very difficult. So I, I remember I, I, I said a prayer and I, I said, uh, uh, I was talking about my business. I think it was. And I said, okay, God, I want to turn my will and my life over to you in regards to my business, regardless of what it takes. My, oh shit. Did I just say that? You know, I was praying and that's what I said in my head. Once I said it, I, did I really just say, regardless of what it takes, <laughs> <laughs> you know, I mean, that's a dangerous prayer. That is dangerous because that might mean bankruptcy. That might mean losing everything to figure out how to let go. That's what happened with me and alcohol. I had to get all the way down to nothing before I was able to let go. And I'm, I'm believing I don't have to go that far in my business to learn to let go. But what I'm saying is that's a very difficult thing. And I never would have let go in the beginning if my life had not depended on it. I think that's why very few people find this path. Yeah. Because it takes surrender and we don't want to surrender. We're Uh not taught to surrender, you know? So. Yeah. It's funny. It's funny how I, I see, I see where I learned it when I have conversations with my parents and I, and I see, I see it just, I I never saw it before. I guess that's how much I've changed where I can actually be aware of it. But you know, there'll be an issue in, in, in my life and I'll be having dinner with, with my parents or something. And it comes, well, you, aren't you going to get this taken care of? And you call this and you do this. And then she'll like, my mom will follow up with emails, you know, prodding, <laughs> prodding me, trying to get me to take action on things. When I know the best action is, is just, is no action, you know, to just let it play out. And it's driving her insane that that I'm not I'm I'm not I'm not doing anything. That recovery just just you know he's he's some hippie now you know what I mean or something like that. <laughs> and and it's really not that it's it's they they are still you know I love them to death and everything but they are still under that illusion of they they think they're controlling everything in their life you know and they're not. So it's, it's just really interesting to, to see that dynamic. And I know where I got it now. I know where I learned it. <laughs> Thanks. Uh, the parents. <laughs> I, uh, I do the same with my wife. My wife is, she, she, she wonders why I don't push, push, push. And I said, sweetie, listen, we've been married almost seven years. I said, look back at how things have worked out in the past. I'd use gratitude on her. And I said, Look back and see, hasn't everything worked out like it was supposed to? She stops you. Well, yes. I said, well, why do you not think this will work out like it's supposed to as well? (laughs) And then she backs off. And so I have to remind her occasionally, you know, because she'll, she'll want me to push, 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 you know, because that's what all she knows, you know? So same kind of thing, Kurt. 
Yeah. But uh, but she does really good with it. I'm really proud of her. She's getting better about that. But uh, we have to be patient with the people around us that don't understand this or don't aren't following the same path we're following. You know, yeah. that's yeah. part of this deal too is learning how to love these people right where they're at and learning. You know, we're loved right where we're at. So it's it's letting go of another level of control, like you were talking about, Kate. I mean, we think we're doing the right thing for the right reasons, but we've got a little mix in there all the time. You know. So uh, that's good. Who's got the uh, Craig? You got the Derek Lynn commentary? I've, I've got the, yeah, I've got, I've got the Derek Lynn one. Before I go to that, just um, okay. I mentioned I mentioned last week that um, that Louise had listened and she was struggling with a couple of bits um, yeah. that she says went went against what she was always taught. Um, and I think as I think it's just basically what we were just talking about. Um, what she was struggling with was the the given. <laughs> Um, it, was, uh, it was in uh, we were talking about um, chapter 19 it was give, give up sainthood renounce wisdom give up kindness renounce morality give up ingenuity renounce profit um, throw away holiness and wisdom um, and it was all about letting go but just try, trying to explain but you, you just explained it better than I could just for that whole letting go um, yeah. so that, that just, just reminded me to, to bring that up you know all, and all those are just um uh false um uh um what's the word i'm looking for um substitutes those are substitutes for the real Mm -hmm. yeah you know uh we we come up with these substitutes because we haven't surrendered so we come up with the best thing we can in ourselves yeah that's those substitutes yeah, I, th- I think I think what she was struggling to get ahead round was the fact that she was renouncing charity, renouncing faith, renouncing yeah. different jobs. Uh, so that kind of went against what she was always taught was was the way to do things. Yeah. Yeah. Well, it's not that we're not to love people. Yeah. But but the charity I think it was talking about there was a lower form of love. It was what we could muster up in ourselves to do. Yeah in you know in in our self knowledge and our self ability rather than letting go and putting someone else before us um that uh, it, it's not charity is in the greatest um uh in, in a the higher form of love it's charity in oh i'm going to do something nice for them because i have some extra money this month or it's christmas and we're supposed to do something nice at christmas so We'll go do whatever, you know, not, you know, that we have a genuine concern and we want to see to their well-being. Yeah. It may look the same on the outside, but what's going on inside, you know? Mm-hmm. So, good. I'm glad she's getting something out of it. All right. So, the um, the Derek Lynn, um, yield and remain whole, bend and remain straight, be low and become filled. Be worn out and become renewed. Have little and receive. Have much and be confused. Therefore, the sages hold to one as an example of, for the world. Without flaunting themselves and so are seen clearly. Without presuming themselves and so are distinguished. Without praising themselves and so have merit. Without boasting about themselves and so are lasting. Because they do not contend, the world cannot contend with them. What the ancients called the one who yields and remains whole. Were they speaking empty words, sincerity becoming whole and returning to oneself? 
Um, so being low, uh, Derek Sturtland's, um notes on this one was um, being low means being humble. To be filled is to receive abundantly. Just as lowly places tend to be filled with water, so does a humble person receive an abundance of respect and goodwill. Sages have no wish to show off or to be highly visible in any way. This makes them unique in a world where most people love to draw attention to themselves. Ironically, the uniqueness makes them conspicuous. Um, what, I, what I find quite interesting was that is um, we, we're, there's a couple of us in another group that done an exercise recently on the fundamental needs, and we were talking about um, was it we were talking about was it, it wasn't recognition, it was um, significance and how we make ourselves significant. Um, and what I'm reading into that is the less obvious and less conspicuous you are, the more you're actually going to get out of things. Um, I'm sure we've all heard the, the, um, the saying, money talks but wealth whispers. I think as long as you're not, not out there bragging about things and showing yourself up, then um, I think you're going to get a lot more humility um, and a lot, a lot more things done um, without looking for that self-seeking praise. Um, like pliant plants, sages bend when the strong winds of contention blow. Because they do not get contentious or defensive, others cannot contend against them. There is literally nothing to attack. And that takes me back to doing the fourth step. Um, when I sat and wrote out everything that was on my fourth step, um, I heard a saying that, you know, the, the only thing people can say about you now is the truth. You know, I'm, I'm up there, I'm honest and I'm open and there's, there's there's nothing there that I can battle against because I've, I've, I've surrendered to everything and, and it is what it is and we just, we just do, the, do, the next right, do the next right thing. And the last one, that yielding in the Taoist sense does not mean suppressing the desire to fight. Instead, it means we are relinquished. We, it means we relinquish the need to be defensive. Our views do not gain validity when we defend them nor do they lose validity when we choose not to defend them. Therefore, being defensive amounts to nothing more than a tremendous waste of energy. Yielding lets us save this energy to be directed to something more constructive. The yielding to the Tao in the Taoist sense does not mean suppressing the desire the desire to fight. Instead, it means to relinquish the need to be defensive. Yes. That's it. That's it. That's it. This isn't about, oh, I don't need to brag right now. It's that I don't need to brag. (laughs) I don't need to brag. (laughs) You know, I mean, you know, it's a gift. It's not, you know, whatever how you say it or ever how you be the water, you know, ever how you find that low place, you know, whatever you resonates with you so that you don't need it anymore. It's not about not doing it. It's about not needing it. And I like how it talked about the, the water again, going to the lowest part. And so again, the, the humility is big in this one. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I really like Derek Lynn on this one. Guys, anything that's, that's just the need to be defensive. Mar- uh, Marla, you got our, our Wayne uh, Dyer? yeah, Wayne Dyer. All right. I'll read his, his version of the poem. 
of the 22nd. The flexible are preserved unbroken. The bent becomes straight. The empty are filled. The exhausted become renewed. The poor are enriched. The rich are confounded. Therefore, the sage embraces the one. Because he doesn't display himself, people can see his light. Because he has nothing to prove, people can trust his words. Because he doesn't know who he is, people recognize themselves in him. Because he has no goal in mind, everything he does succeeds. The old saying that the flexible are preserved unbroken is surely right. If you have truly attained wholeness, everything will flock to you. Um, And this is commentary. Having lived by the ocean for many years, I've observed the beauty and majesty of the tall palm trees that grow at the water's edge, often measuring 30 to 40 feet in height. These stately giants are able to withstand the enormous pressure that hurricane-force winds bring as they blow at speeds up to 200 miles per hour. Thousands of other trees in the huge storm's paths are uprooted and destroyed while the stately palms remain fixed in their rooted cells, proudly holding sway over their otherwise decimated domain. So what is the palm tree's secret to staying in one piece? The answer is flexibility. They bend down to the ground at times, and it's that very flexibility that allows them to remain unbroken. Can I just compare this to yoga? In a yoga practice, what what we strive to create is a really strong foundation so that when these enormous stormy winds come, um, and in the body you remain flexible, but when these enormous winds come, you're not broken by them. You're supposed to have some sort of equanimity about the storm winds. Okay, there's storm winds, storm winds, what, you know, can't do anything about it. We'll just sit here and watch it. Not do anything about it. You just, you know, it's, you're neither happy nor sad about it. You just, you just are. That, and that's what yoga strives to do as well. Mm. Does that make sense? Yes. A little bit. Yeah. Shall I go on? In this 22nd verse of the Tao Te Ching, Lao Tzu invites you to embrace a similar quality of elasticity. Begin to sense the openness that is the Tao, supplying your resiliency and grounding, helping you withstand the storms of your life as pliantly as a supple palm tree. When destructive energy comes along, allow yourself to resist brokenness by bending. Look for times you can make the choice to weather a storm by allowing it to blow through without resistance. By not fighting, but instead relaxing and going with all that confronts you, you enter the Tao time. (laughs) This verse implies an added benefit of wholeness, which attracts everything to you. That is, if you want abundance, knowledge, health, love, and other attributes that personify the Tao, you need to be receptive to them. Lao Tzu instructs that you must be empty in order to become filled, for attachments keep you so restricted that nothing can enter your your already filled self. Being empty in this sense means not being full of beliefs, possessions, or ego-driven ideas, but rather remaining open to all possibilities. This is in keeping with the nameless Tao. It doesn't restrict itself to a particular point of view or a singular way of doing things. 
It animates all. Similarly, the flexible person has opened all possibilities. There's nothing for him or her to prove because the Tao, not ego, is in charge. Hold on there, Marla. Um, wow. That, uh, I was thinking about attraction, not promotion. I was, you know, going back to his translation, because he has no goal in mind, everything he does succeeds. Well, the old saying that flexible or preserved unbroken is surely right. If you have truly attained wholeness, everything will flock to you, not trickle. Flock. Flock, you know, like, it all just, you know, lots of it. Well, when you're empty, you can see all of the abundance that there is, I think. When you, when you empty your mind of, of what is out there, what you're looking at, and you don't attach a name to it or meaning to it, um, many more things, I think, will become visible that we haven't seen before. You know, you've known people before that were just uh, uh, just like a magnet, like you just wanted to be around them, you just wanted to know them, you just wanted, you know, I think it's part of that is becoming one of those people by practicing this. You know, because it says the sage embraces the one, Let's go. It's talking about embraces the Tao, embraces their higher power, whatever words you want to put there. Because he doesn't display himself, people can see his light. Because he has nothing to prove, people can trust his words. Because he doesn't know who he is, people recognize themselves. He's a mirror. He's a reflection. Because he has no goal in mind, everything he does succeeds. Because he has no agenda. Mm-hmm. I think what that's talking about. Not that, not that he doesn't have ideas of where he wants to go. He just doesn't have an agenda in that. Is the way I see that. Um, what do y'all think about that? Because it's it's about a, the law of attraction, right? It's a, it's about being the person that attracts. And when I start thinking about recovery with that and attraction, not promotion, which is what we find in recovery, where we share our experience, strength, and hope, how it's working for us, not tell people how to do things, but, you know, love on people instead, and then leave it up to them whether they, you know, um, get something out of what you're sharing or or if it's, you know, you don't go and convert, it's not a conversion. You know, we're not converting people in recovery, you know. We're not, we don't have a board on the wall like at the little church I was raised in telling how many people got saved this week, you know. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I mean, it's, <laughs> you know, it's not, you know, we don't condemn people. You got to go out and help people. You know, you got to go out and fix people. You got to go out and save people, you know. There's none of that. It's, you just share your light. You just let your light shine. In other words, you know, you just share how it's working for you. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So what if we learn to do that in everything, not just in our recovery without an agenda? Think about when someone comes to a meeting new 
what agenda do you have with that new that newcomer? For me, I have the purest of agendas, which is just to help. What if we learn to have that same agenda in our relationships, in uh, our business, that same um, genuineness? I think that's part of what this is talking about. Could it be not having not having too high expectations? Yeah. Having no expectations. Yeah, just, just right. what you were talking about, have, having no goals, everything succeeds. Exactly, Craig. Yeah. I mean, think about the newcomer. You're at a meeting. Think about being at a meeting, and the new guy shows up. He comes in. He's shaky. It's his first meeting. You know exactly where he is or she is because yeah, you've been there. Yes, yeah, it's, it's all coming back. and you take and think about what agenda you have with that person which is not a negative agenda at all you know it's all a positive thing you're wanting the best for them so you share how it worked for you right you do everything you can to help what if we learn to have that same intention in all these other things in life? I never thought about this until right now. Um, letting go of our hooks and our manipulation and it's just, how can I help you? Pretty powerful, man. I'm, I'm actually, I'm, that's, that's very powerful. Yeah. Because that, that would require, because, okay, so I've helped guys before, but there was always an angle because I'm, <laughs> I came in with a pretty large ego, mm-hmm. you know, so I, and so going back to where, what Marla read is being empty in this sense means not being full of beliefs, possessions, or ego driven ideas, but rather remaining open to all possibilities. If, if you take that, that, well, what am I going to get out of it? Or I'm, I'm, oh, I'm going to be a hero. I'm going to save this guy's life or all of these things. And you just go into just simple, how can I help this guy? So simple. What if you learn to do that in your business, though, Kurt? I'm thinking everywhere would be. Yeah. 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 I just want to help people. Give me a place to do that, and I'm happy. Dang. Holy cow. What can I do for you? You know, wow, mm. that's strong. Yeah, for a Thursday, that's pretty darn strong. <laughs> I've I've never been moved like that. I'm telling you. I mean, I just uh, wow, that's yeah. that's good. I think that I think we've. Uh, is there anything else that you guys have read in this in Wayne Dyer's commentary you want to talk about in this, or is that? I think that's pretty much the gist of, you know, what he had. Uh, there's some other things, but you know, it's it's just repeating the same that Marla's already talked about. You know, mm-hmm. um, anything else in there you guys want to talk about, or? No, it's a, it's a good way to go out today. Is go out there and help someone today. Mm-hmm. You know, and the way to recenter yourself on that is think about the way for me to do that would be think about when I see that newcomer, my intention with them is is so genuine. 
so real. How can I have that genuine, real intention outside of the rooms with other people, with the people I love? Because mm-hmm. I'll be honest with you, I don't know if I've ever had that same genuineness with anyone else or in anything that I have in the rooms because um, I wouldn't wish alcoholism on my worst enemy. If I could curse someone with that, I would not do it because it was so hard. I don't hate anyone enough to wish alcoholism on them, but yet it was my greatest gift. Right. Right. That's the paradox with that, you know? Mm-hmm. But that genuineness I feel when a newcomer comes in that I don't know from Adam's house cat, you know, that I don't have no idea who this person is, but I have this intense love and concern that is greater than I have in other relationships. It's, I don't know. I've, I've never thought about this before until right now, how, how different that is and how I don't have that outside the rooms. And i I think that part of this is learning to take that out into everything. That same genuineness. Wow. Mm-hmm. Thanks, guys. <laughs> Thank you. Nice mm. oh, Pretty awesome. Guys, y'all have anything else or y'all good? Been like palm tree today. Man, that one's got to soak in. That that's got to soak in. I got to go meditate on that one, Kurt. Mm-hmm. That's next. <laughs> oh, whew. All right. Well, guys, y'all have a great day. We'll call it there. Yep. Take care. We'll see you soon. Hello, this is Buddy C. I wanted to make you aware of several recovery-related resources that I've posted in the episode description. These resources include a list of recovery podcasts, a free sober meditation app daily recovery email, shared Google recovery calendars. Hope you put some of these resources to use and have a great week. Thank you for listening to the Tao of Our Understanding Recovery Podcast. If you enjoyed this episode, please share it with your friends in recovery.